Hey, I'm Ryan Flynn, first F in the F2 podcast. And I'm Michael Tanner Flynn, the second F in the F2 podcast. And uh, here at the F2 podcast, uh, we're here to talk about things like movies, comics, games, current events, history, and my life in Japan, and whatever else we can think of. It's generally off the cuff, but it'll definitely be interesting. All right. And uh, today we're going to start off, I think, with a topic that we both have a pretty big mutual interest in. And that yeah, pretty is big investment, along with most everyone else today, I think. Yeah, but we have since childhood. And that, well, of course, but other people did too. But I don't know. I've always felt that we had a sort of a special relationship with this, this uh, topic, and that's superhero movies. Or just comic book movies, because they're not all about superheroes, you know? Yeah, you're right. Comic book movies, you're right. Big fan um, of the Hellboy movies, and he's not necessarily a superhero. Yeah, or but, Sin City. Sin City, too. Yeah, that as well. Uh, <laughs> though not, not Dame to Kill for. Let's not talk about that. No, we, no, we won't mention that. That's the uh, first rule of the podcast. We don't mention that movie. Anyway. You heard it first, folks. You heard it here first. Exactly. Now, uh... Let's uh, start off with some humble beginnings. Uh, what is the first, you know, comic book movie that you can remember going to see, Ron? Uh, well, it's a long time ago, but I'm probably have to say Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. That's the first yeah. one that comes up in memory, I think. Yeah, same here. I remember going to see that with uh, barely. I was what four years old, five years old, four years old, I believe. It was 2002. Uh, yeah, so I was, I was about kindergarten. Yeah. Right, you, you were about six or so. Since you're yeah, I was in kindergarten in first grade. Ryan's about two years older than me, guys. Uh, uh, so that's uh, that's how you know. Give you scale. Nah, well, yeah. scale, not scale, time scale, whatever. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and I do remember going to see that with you and mom, and. Uh, I remember the trailer, like seeing the trailer first with the really? helicopter getting stuck in the big web. I, I don't remember that scene. Don't, what, I, I do. I, I remember I, seeing it at the, the at a theater ahead of time, and uh, I remember getting psyched whenever I, you know, whenever we figured out what it was. Yeah, uh, I don't know. That movie just left a big impression on me. For one thing, there are only a few parts that I remember seeing in theaters that I I, I can remember for a long time. That was. Uh, the part whenever he, first of all, the part whenever he, uh, uh, Toby, not Toby McGuire, Peter Parker, uh, played by uh, Toby McGuire, um, whenever he is trying to shoot his web uh, out of his wrist, you know, uh, you know, and he doesn't, you know, in this go version, web, they just go. Like, yeah, go web, go, fly, all that, you know, fly, Shazam, yeah, it does, uh, and, um, you know, that's the one thing to talk about. Uh, it's interesting they decided, you know, all the a lot of the previous installments of Spider-Man, they all started off, you know, with the mechanical webbing. You know, I mean, I know that the biological webbing was a recent thing. Wasn't yeah. It? Yeah, it came up in like, I don't know if it even, I mean, I'm kind of a comic booky guy, but I can't say that I've read every comic. I know it came up either around that same time or... Maybe even after the movie, I'm not sure, but I know that there was some, you know, you know how comic books get. There was some weird yeah. thing that happened that he had that caused him to have biological weapon, not weapon, biological webbing. Yeah. yeah. Um, Something with a bee lady, maybe. If I, but yeah, you know, don't. don't remember, now that I think about it, I think it might have been after. I think I remember hearing or reading somewhere that it happened sometime after the, but. Uh, I think I do remember hearing something about Sam Raimi saying that uh, it would be maybe a little hard. Uh, to, was it, what's the term? Suspension of belief. It would just be a little Suspension of disbelief is what you're thinking of. That's what it is. Yeah. Uh, he said they might have found it a little difficult to grasp that, you know, he's able to form this. I mean, this was 20 something portraying a teenager built a web device in his room. Yeah, it uh, and I don't know. It is a little cooler when you think about it. You know, biological weapon. I mean, 
that's it's that's very cool. 90s for sure. Yeah, definitely. I it's, mean, uh, it was, they they had barely escaped the nineties, but tropes were still running strong. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, but yeah, the, uh, uh, that's the first one I remember. This, the only three parts I remember are that, uh, the part whenever the parade gets attacked. Yep. Uh, remember all the explosions. And I remember seeing those guys turn to skeletons, you know, again, um, what's it, uh, disintegrated and that terrified me. And yeah, I no, remember that's not even the worst thing that got to me, but we'll get to that <laughs> as we run through the synopsis, I guess. Yeah. And then the last part that I remember from that was uh whenever they're fighting in the you know uh you know the uh building that's falling apart um isn't that in the whenever, thing? no you mean at the very end it's the very kind of like end. a little ruined courtyard or something yeah and you know where the glider gets uh, yes. or kills uh, that's yeah. what got me like yeah really it, for some reason that like i mean it's reasonable i guess that someone becoming impaled would disturb a five or six year old yeah i would i understand that um it's completely understandable in that part um i had to like look away for a bit yeah uh and this is an here's an embarrassing story on my part after seeing this movie you probably remember this we were staying at our grandparents house where i am now uh, actually but um, we were staying at our grandparents' house, and I had this. It can only be described as a night terror that I saw a, a person oh, crawling. I know yeah, and I, I, I wake up and I, I start screaming, "Spider Man's in the in the room! Spider Man's in the room!" Or no, something you think like he's that. He's on the wall. He's like, "Spider Man's on the wall." I'm like, "What? What? What's the big deal? It's just Spider Man." <laughs> I don't know why, but that was just so scary to me. Like, I, I guess it's just because, uh, you know, I, I, I don't think I have any guesses. I don't know why I thought that was scary at the time. It I mean, was a mystery. Yeah, that should norm. That's normally like a a kid my, at that age. You know, would normally be really happy to be Spider Man. You know. Yeah. But I mean, it's it's whatever. I mean, it was just a a strange. Me- that's a strange memory, sort of an embarrassing story. Uh, we had a cousin that was scared of toads for a while, so. Yeah, I'm not going to say any names, but, you know. Uh, you know who you are if you're listening. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, uh, that's the first movie we remember. Um, another early one, and I do remember this one uh, pretty well. You actually saw it before I did. It was Daredevil. Was that I? I was thinking about that. Was that also in the like early two thousands? I think it was two thousand four. I want to say. I'm sorry. I mean, I think it was either two thousand and three or two thousand and four when that came out. Wow, because like it seems so nineties, like unbelievably. But then you know, there's also the music. It's just so can like watching it now. Trust me, watching it again yeah. is such a trip. Not even just like yeah. through the past, but like it's it's mind-boggling some of the choices they made with that movie. Okay, so here's a question I have about Daredevil, right? The character or the movie? The movie. Okay. The character, I know pretty a lot about the character. I'm a big Daredevil fan. Not oh, my yeah. favorite comic, but you know, it's it's one of the fa- my favorites. But um um I feel like in that movie, since you brought the soundtrack, I guess for some reason remember the song "Bring Me to Life" yeah. by Evanescence. Yeah, was that they, they that even movie? had a music video like tie-in for the movie? Okay, yeah. I, I for some reason I thought that I just imagined no. that was in that movie because that's no, the kind you of didn't imagine it. They they actually played that, and it's it, it <laughs> tone tonally, it's so uh, it's shocking. Like watching it again, it's like wow, they really did. They really did play that. Yeah, um, I know. I mean, that, it's it's almost jarring because you well, know it's, it's become like a meme kind of now. So going yeah, back, exactly. which you know, I'm not gonna shit on it. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh, don't worry, I'll cover that up in post. Okay, um, <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna 
throw shade on them on the song necessarily because I mean I'm not gonna lie I listened to it when I was younger and other similar songs honestly yeah. you know the typical new metal song just uh well, why do I hate myself that kind of thing you yeah. know and uh you know I watched the AMVs on YouTube for the longest time so I can't I can't really uh talk from a position of you know, elevation of like I'm not I'm not too much better. But That's still, we need to talk it's about become such a meme, so it's still like it still jars you. That's something we need to talk about at some point. Is just like not necessarily the AMVs in itself because that's you know that's pretty narrow. You know, but I mean, what what all can you say about that? But just you know, some of our and a lot of people's older habits uh, on YouTube and all that. You know, oh, YouTube has like been that was a, an entire era. I think uh, Critical did a video on that not too long ago, talking about how yeah. that basically was like formed the foundation of uh-huh. a lot of youtube which you know form your own opinion on that but uh it definitely was a huge phase for a while yeah i remember seeing a lot of those but uh let's let's not get uh, too sidetracked on yeah it. uh we digress yeah um daredevil uh by the way let's go back to spider-man really quick and say like um, you know, I'm not trying to say we're, you know, the kind of people that rate movies all the time, but what, what would you, you know, how, how are your feelings towards it now? How has it stood the test of time? Spider-Man, not Daredevil. Yeah, Spider-Man first. And also, we have every right to, to rate movies. Everyone else does it online. So I'm going to, you know, unabashedly give my two cents. Or well, you go in ahead, my man. case right now, my two yen. Yeah, yeah, not bad. Uh, uh, well, go ahead. What's yeah. uh, for example? What's, what would you rate it out of ten? Sam Raimi's Spider Man is pretty fantastic. It's uh, you know, honestly, my own feelings on Spider Man movies are I like the current ones a whole lot. So I think it's I put it in the same place as I would put um, Homecoming. You know, maybe like a at the lowest an eight or an eight and a half out of ten, but like, yeah. you know, that's just considering some of the things that didn't age so well. If you don't look at the things that didn't age amazingly well in that movie, it's definitely uh, at least a nine or a nine and a half. But I'll do a safe eight point five for now. Yeah. Okay. I can. I can. I think I'm about the same with you there. Uh, I like it about the same level as Homecoming too, and I loved Homecoming. Uh, but um, now Daredevil, how is that stuff? Because I remember when you when you're a kid with these movies, you think every movie is cool. Oh yeah, about. it was it was ba. Whenever I was a kid, I was trying to do yeah. all the the flips and stuff that I saw Daredevil do very you know unsuccessfully, of course. But uh, I tried because I was inspired. But now. Uh, yeah, I can't, especially with a uh, Netflix's Daredevil, like firmly in my mind. Uh, I can't give it much more than I, I, I hesitate to, to let it breach the five out of 10 mark, honestly, maybe a four just because yeah. I feel generous. Yeah, uh, I would. I, I'm once again, I'm the same with you there, but t- you know, since you mentioned the uh, Netflix's Daredevil, which I'm very behind on. I haven't even finished the first season. I need to finish it. I've watched but, all three, and I've even watched the first two again. Like it's, I can't get enough of it. It's really good from what I hear, but the from not what I hear from what I've seen even so far. But there's just one part of it that was just so ridiculous and hilarious to me. The movie or the Netflix show? The Netflix show. Oh, what? Okay, so. Uh, so see those of you who don't know, I'm uh, and I don't want to bring religion into this show at all, really. But just so you you know for the context, I'm a practicing uh, some would say traditional Roman Catholic. And well, like, wave your flag, uh-huh. dude. You know you don't have to like shove it in people's pla- faces, but you know wave your flag. I'm just yeah, that's what I'm saying. I guess I'm just letting it be known for context in this case, right? Mm-hmm. 
And I'm just going to try to sort of reenact the scene. It's whenever he's going to be about their, about their confessional. Yeah, he's going to sit. The priest's reaction is great. He said, I love the priest. Yeah, he's great. And he just talks like, uh, he's, he tell, goes to the whole monologue, and uh, the priest is just like, all right, so uh, do, why don't you go ahead and confess your sins? You know, there's basically, you know, saying something like that. You know, there's other people waiting. He's like, and then he says, oh, I'm not here to confess something I've done. I'm here to confess something that I'm going to do. And then the priest's uh, like, reaction is really genuine. He says, yeah, that's that's not how this works. You can't do it like that. You know, That's not how this works. <laughs> that's not how any of this works. Yeah. That's just that's just funny to me how he genuinely reacts. Like that's how I'd expect a priest to actually react. He'd just be like, uh, "Yeah, that sorry, man. That's not how it works. Uh, you, you can't. You just can't do it. If you don't want to have to confess it, you just don't do it. You know." Yeah. Um, but that's the that's the part of it that was just so. <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous. I mean, the line there was just a little too much for me, but it was. Besides that, Netflix series is great. I, I love, I love it. Even though I've only seen a few episodes. Yeah, you do need to catch up whenever you have the chance. Yeah. It's uh, worth your anyway, name. but I don't. Yeah. Uh, let's. Uh, but I don't think I'm, we should go through since we're you know talking about it. Maybe we shouldn't go through all the. I don't think we should go through all the superhero movies that we can remember because that would you know that would take all. That would that take would all night. You know, but. I will say, uh, as for more recent ones, yeah, uh, this is really what I wanted to talk about. Is besides the more recent ones and how they like compare to the past, of course. Yeah, but what, uh, as you were saying, right now, uh, of course, it's not where I'm currently living, but Birds of Prey is out right now. Yeah. And I've heard various things about it. You know, I'm not going to get the chance to see it quite yet. I don't believe I'll have to, you know, continually check theaters. But uh, I've heard various things uh, about it, uh, good and bad. Yeah. Um, I will have to. I'm going to. I plan on going to see it pretty soon and we'll uh, check in again with us next week, folks. Uh, we'll. I'll weigh in a little bit on it without yeah, spoilers please, or anything. Hit, uh, hit me with a no spoilers review because uh, I want to know. Yeah, sure, I will. Yeah, definitely. And we uh, can break down but, as much um, of it spoilers free as we can before I can see it. So, but uh, if you haven't heard, uh, Ryan, it's um, apparently for a little bit they were having a bit of a mar- marketing trouble with it. You know. Uh, that seems to be a thing with some some of the current movies out. Seems to be a trend. Yeah, they're having trouble with marketing. Yeah, I mean, well, well, I think you know what I'm talking about, but we'll step onto that after we discuss Birds of Prey a bit more. Yeah, but the marketing thing with this was, um, and people have probably already heard this, but uh, initially they just released it as Birds of Prey or. I forget the longer title exactly, but something along the lines of Birds of Prey, The Emancipation of Harley Quinn or something. And, yeah, I think uh, it's like a little bit more gaudy, just slightly more gaudy than that. But what I've heard about that is that that's just what they're doing on ticket sites or something. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard, but it's being remarketed now as Harley Quinn Birds of Prey. Uh, huh. Which... Yeah, because I think that's probably a better idea marketing-wise. Because I mean, she is the big name. If no, I mean, yeah, exactly. After Suicide Squad, especially, uh, which uh, we'll have to dis- we'll have to discuss. Uh, if we're going to go into specific cinematic universes, we'll have to discuss that another time. Oh yeah, but, uh, Suicide Squad's been tread all over, but uh, we can we can briefly touch it at some point. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe next time we'll talk about uh, cinematic universes or both of them. Yeah, uh, sure. um, what? For sure is all I said. Oh yeah, so, sorry, no, no, no problem. Anyway, um, yeah, I would say overall, um, about Birds of Prey, uh, I think that there are. 
a big problem with uh, a lot of superhero, I think it's movies in general, not just comic book movies, is that there's like, and we talked about this a little bit the other night, Ryan, mm-hmm. uh, about how there's a little bit of, uh, uh, what's the term, politicizing of them. You know, I don't want to discuss politics in this channel, yeah. really at all, unless it's extremely important, like some, like a like you know uh, a coup, a military coup in another country or something that's an extreme but uh, though, of course yeah yeah i mean that's what i'm saying i don't really want to discuss it uh everyone has a right to a political that's not what this not podcast is about no it's not we we don't we welcome anyone but um the um there seems to be a problem politicizing these movies like uh, for example birds of prey um, you know, someone was mad that Sonic the Hedgehog is so far doing better in the box office. Yeah, that article that, Birds of Prey. that you shared with me. Yeah. I looked into it. Yeah. And uh, Reddit's blowing up over that, too. Yeah, I mean, wh- what and what you said was what really made me feel kind of think that what you said was what really made me think that's kind of ridiculous because it's a, a, a G or I think it's actually PG rated movie. Yeah, it, movies uh, aren't a thing anymore, I think. But uh, Sonic, it's rated PG. It has a much wider audience, so it's not amazingly surprising that it's doing better. There's more people going to pay for tickets. Families, you know, you know, one kid yeah. wants to see Sonic. That means mom and dad, and maybe little sister if she exists want to go too so that's you know yeah that's that's double the ticket at least by the way by the way since we're mentioning sonic uh i have seen sonic uh <laughs> and yeah uh ultimately i'd say for what it is it is not too bad it's um it's what you'd expect for the most part um you have some Nice little jokes thrown in there, there that I'm not going to spoil. Uh, sort of a little, I don't know if it's uh, an Easter egg or an inside joke, but sort of uh, a few images here or there that people were, will recognize from memes, that sort of thing. Oh dear. Uh, yeah, so uh, it's not bad overall. I'd say ultimately it's just um, so so in the movie department overall, like compared to, you're not going to compare it to the lighthouse or citizen Kane. Well, of course you don't but, do that. I mean, I think Rod Richard yeah. is, you know, established that rule. You don't compare Sonic to, you know, gone with the window where you compare it to like other video game movies or, you know, other summer or I guess in this case, early year blockbusters, something like that. Yeah, uh, for a video game. Yeah, for a video game movie, it's rather decent. It's good. So, um, if this kind of stuff annoys you, if you know, sort of the childish sense of humor and uh, you know, fart joke kind of you know comedy annoys you, don't go see it. Oh, that's all. That's what I'll Is there scatological humor in the movie? Yeah. Yeah, there's a, li- a little bit. There's like I, one little. I'm part amazingly here. surprised, but that's fine. How I, what I've heard, um, an overwhelmingly positive response too was Jim Carrey in the movie. Oh yeah, he was great. He was great in it. Uh, and there's a great little scene, like a not not post credits, but sort of a scene at the end that's pretty cool. And there is a post credit, or actually, I think it's a mid credit scene. So. Yeah, I I missed it. So yeah, if you guys go to see it, stick around for that. I guess. Or I will keep down open. I open for it. Uh, yeah. I'm. Anyway, a, though, we were talking. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. But uh, anyway, we were talking about uh, birds of prey and such. Um, and since we've already sort of touched on that, uh, Ryan, uh, how? What are some major ways that you think that comic book movies have changed since, uh, we'll say, two thousand two? You know, we'll 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 do three movies: uh, Spider, two thousand three, and Daredevil two thousand four. Well, I think uh, first it goes. You know, 
the whole kind of thing started before Spider-Man, of course. But uh, that era of superhero movies that Spider-Man came out in, uh, you know, that wasn't like some direct to TV thing like that one weird Captain America movie or that unreleased Fantastic Four movie. Oh, there's a oh, what's the name of that? I've always I can't believe I forgot they were in uh, the Mutant Massacre thing and call uh, with X Men. It was um, you know, the group of siblings that uh, get those powers from the aliens. What was the power? Oh, uh, power power pack. pack. Yeah. Was there a film? Like no, power pack? Yeah, there was a there was a TV, made for TV power pack movie. I would I honestly. I wouldn't mind like a, a power pack show now or something, even if it was like just some cartoon network thing. I miss, uh, kind of miss those animated uh, superhero shows, even uh, like spectacular Spider-Man is the last really good one. I remember. Yeah. Uh, but here, I'm digressing again. Um, yeah. That happened. era I think really started I think most people agree with uh, X Men, which is like ninety nine. Yeah. I think. No, that was two thousand. Was it? I'm almost positive. It's 99, yeah, it was but okay, I'll give you that. I think it filmed in ninety nine. I'm pretty sure it filmed in ninety nine and was released in two thousand. But yeah, started very very beginning of the millennium. So you have yeah, to discuss exactly. that one a little bit too if we're gonna do like a comparison. Uh well I have so, one reason I don't is because I have a huge bias with X Men because as you know but our audience may not know X Men is my absolute favorite comic ever uh, any X Men pretty much and it doesn't even have to have an X in the title if I no it, it just has to have no it doesn't have some mutant in there and you're hooked yeah new mutants uh, especially which. Doesn't look like the movie for that's going to be very good, but you know, I'm, I'm I still have my hopes up. You know, I mean, I'll watch it regardless if it, you know, if it actually gets the light of day. Well, I saw a poster for it in theater recently, so I think it's going to come out. Okay. Anyway, though, uh, what we uh, it started with X Men, but uh, how do you how would you say it's changed uh, over the past twenty years since the year two thousand? Well, of course, there's a there's a lot more direction now. There's a a common direction now. It's not single people just uh, that you know come to a studio or a studio coming up with an idea. Hey, let's make a movie of this. Maybe it'll make some money. Let's get this director. He's done pretty well for a while. And then maybe it does well, like with Spider-Man, or maybe it doesn't with Daredevil. And uh, then they make sequels until it stops making money. But now it's now it's a big project. And people have, of course, brought this yeah. up before. They've, this is a thing that's been analyzed. Uh, the whole cinematic universe, the genesis of that. It's everything being brought under one uh, common direction, you know, with, mm-hmm. the, with the goal of setting up a larger story. That was never a thing before. Yeah. Which, of course, uh, I feel like there were probably ideas for that before, but it, not until recently. Kevin Feige made a, you know, has made made that possible in a way, you know? Uh-huh. What about uh, tone? What What's the big change in tone that you've noticed? Well, a lot less grim, dark, and uh, edginess, for sure. Spider-Man wasn't so much like that. Uh, it was a, always a little bit more light, lighthearted than, you know, Daredevil or X-Men or Elektra, but we won't talk about Elektra. No. Um, Daredevil was... Agus- Seemed like it was trying to shove it down your throat with all that. Yes, um, uh, with the the Rob Zombie and Evanescence soundtrack, and the you know, do you ever see like, there you see some sunlight in the film, but it seems almost muted by all the other shadows and the the rain and uh, just straight up seeing through a blind man's quote unquote 
senses vision i don't know it was kind of a weird way that they portrayed that but it's so uh yeah that you have to you have to go into the movie with a with a figurative flashlight almost basically yeah yeah exactly anyway uh we've reached the half an hour mark so i think it's uh fair that we maybe pick up on uh comic book films another time we have devoted a good amount of time to it uh we'll maybe pick up on the dissection of that uh sort of dichotomy between eras maybe next time but after asking you something all right uh yeah, You've go been ahead. peppering me with questions, but uh, you, as I've come to understand it, have recently become a fan, I tentatively say, of a major anime franchise that I am a fan of, and that's oh, you, you've heard. that's uh, Evangelion. Am I correct? Yes, uh, I have. I started watching Neon Genesis Evangelion on uh, um, Netflix recently, and uh, I've I really got to say I'm a big fan. Uh, I'm What I really like about it is that um, it is a mech anime, which I like, but it avoids a lot of the tropes when it comes to just the characters oh, it like, and not the action. It dissects the tropes. It's like an animal an analysis of mecha tropes, which is one thing that I love about it. Yeah, it was, uh, that's, I really enjoy it. Uh, I enjoy that, uh, the, how they look into the personal lives of the characters a little more. There's still plenty of action, of course, but um, it doesn't seem like we're just the, the focus. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't seem like, oh, yeah, this is just filler. We're waiting for the mecha to uh, the mecha fights. You the know? monster. Uh, it's not like a yeah, like a uh, what? What's the name of it? Uh, suit? No, uh, power. Me- what? What's the Japanese? You talking about Ultraman sh- series? Ultraman. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, which you know, it's not a mecha anime, but uh, it definitely set like a a trend for a lot of media in japan the monster of the week format it's it makes money you know and people still do yeah. it today but uh it does get old yeah uh the comparison i was gonna well yours is a little better but the comparison i was gonna make was uh godzilla movies where you're just waiting for the monster fight you know you're running for the yeah. godzilla to show up and even uh, with the new king Ghidorah, the American made ones, uh, everyone's just waiting for the big fights, and we get a little bit disappointed with the newer ones when they don't show show it very effectively. Either it's drenched in shadow, or, uh, you know, you're on the ground, and there's rubble flying in your face. You know? Yeah. Uh, but Evangelion really doesn't, it's not like that. I want to see what's going on with these characters. I want to get to know the characters. I want to get to know the background, the whole history of this uh, planet or this version of Earth. Uh, I want to know what the angels are, where they're coming from, why they're here. Uh, So it just really pulls you in in that way. So that mystery stays in there. But on the point of the characters, uh, the whole thing it's very psychological. It's very much uh, like it's, you know, in a in a psychoanalyst's room, you know, putting the series on a, you know, on the on the couch, so to speak, you know. Yeah, uh, and another thing, this is more of a technical aspect that's interesting to me, is how the avas uh, are there's they seem to be like uh they're giant cyborgs almost like a yeah yeah exactly they're not uh, they're, they're not they're, org- they're organic but with armor on the outside yeah, as opposed to you know just a big hunk of metal like with every everything else they have yeah, they can exactly. go into a rage yeah and uh w- and strangely, this although this this part here sounds like it wouldn't be very cool at all, one of the interesting things to me is how they have to have the cable 
connected to them at a lot of the time. I don't know if that changes later, but where I am now, they still have the cable connected to them. I'm not going to it's a major spoiler to say that it stays kind of a thing. Yeah, I wouldn't say it is. But it, no, makes but it, I, it kind I of mean, makes it sense because they're these huge robots and require a good yeah, bit of power. I mean, yeah, I mean, if I know someone's going to say, oh, well, we should just put a nuclear reactor in there. Uh, I mean, nuclear reactors are expensive to make, for one. There's a lot of expense. And they're like, dangerous. Like, money is a big thing in the <laughs> series as well that uh, doesn't get discussed in other shows. Things cost money, and every time they break something, or every time they ask for more money, it it makes them look a little bit bad to the government. Yeah, and I mean, a nuclear reactor, going with that, that's dangerous when you think about it. I mean, their goal is to save the city, not accidentally just turn it into a nuclear wasteland. And as much as I love the Gundam series, I'm a huge fan of that, but uh, when everything in that has a nuclear reactor in it, and then, you know, they get shot, and they explode in nuclear fashion and sometimes it's in cities or in space colonies and that causes horrible ramifications so yeah yeah exactly that's the thing so I think that the approach they took with it was uh, a good approach I think it's great Uh, I'm a big fan I actually recently just got this uh, big uh, poster made of a canvas right oh I'm a little bit jelly I think yeah, it's uh, you know that famous Japanese uh, print of the uh, waves. Oh yeah, uh, by Hokusai. It's the the wave yeah. off of Kanagawa, something like that. Yeah, it has Ava one uh, walking into that. That's pretty awesome, I have to say. Oh, uh, Ava one, and it's actually not just walking into it, but finding an angel. That's pretty great. Oh, yeah, I'll show it to you as soon as I get yeah, it out of my apartment. You should uh, send but, me a pic uh, of it. Put it on your snap. Yeah, I definitely will. Uh, but, um, yeah, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of mech anime in general. Uh, like, uh, I've rec- another series I recently got into was Armored Trooper Votoms. Yeah, you told me about that as well. I have seen some like, bits of that, and I think I saw one of the OVAs. But uh, you've probably seen a lot more than I have by now. Well, I won't spoil it, but I'll say uh, it's while it's similar to Gundam, uh, it definitely takes a, a very unique approach as well. Uh, and uh, I recommend an OVA to a lot of people that you can find uh, in a lot of places pretty easily. Um, I'm not going to say anything that might imply uh, pirating. But uh, um, it um, it's an OVA of it. And it's called Armor Hunter Mellow Link. Heard of that? And uh, huh? Heard of that? I was is all I was saying. Oh, I've mentioned it to you before. I think you might have already heard of it though. Uh, it's pretty. It, the thing is, is that it's hard to come by because the uh, I saw another guy talking about it, and uh, he said that the master. Um, Whatever it is, the ma- basically the mastering of it was destroyed in a fire, so it's not going to be released anytime soon, uh, re-released anytime soon. But basically what it's about is this uh, guy that, I'm not going to go into too many details, but he, as the name implies, he hunts uh, armored uh, troopers, or votons, whatever you want to call them, ATs is what they call them, with an anti-trooper uh, gun, an AT gun, basically like an anti-tank gun. And uh, it's just really awesome. Uh, I really highly recommend that one. Anyway, though, uh, you know that's uh, yeah. It's to continue on. That's super popular here uh, in Japan. I every time I go to like a big department store, if there's a part, if there's a section for scale models, you know, Gunpla, for instance, there's also some of uh, armored troopers usually. Because they're just as popular as yeah. here. And, uh, you know, also boys, you know. Yeah, I've really gotten into it. It's uh, it's really good. It's got a great story. I highly recommend it. Uh, but anyway, uh, 
what about you? Uh, just just to finish up on Evangelion, uh, what do you think? I mean, what are your thoughts on the series? What are your closing statements on it? Well, I've watched the for whole, now. Uh, original series. I also watched, uh, you know, I watched the the full series and saw the first, you know, original ending. And I have my opinions on it. I don't want to spoil too much for you or anyone else. And then I also saw, you know, the end of Evangelion, the movie. Uh, I like the end of Evangelion as the ending more, uh, along with plenty of other people. I don't think it's too much of a spoiler to say that it's not nearly as cheery as the end of, as the original ending, but uh, it just a lot uh-huh. more complex, put a lot more work into it, and uh, visually, uh-huh. visually striking. The series overall is definitely worth a watch if you're into, you know, character exploration, uh, you know, big epic mecha fights, bizarre uh, trope, you know, bizarre spins on common anime and mecha tropes. It's definitely worth a watch and uh, definitely see both the original ending and end of Evangelion so you can form your own opinion on which is better. Like, for instance, uh, one of my friends likes the show's ending a lot better because he prefers more positive endings. Yeah, I can understand that. As for the recent... Anyway, but... I gotta gotta say this. Uh, I have not been able to watch much of the remasters, not remasters, but uh, the new versions that they've been making in the... uh, this century you know what i'm talking about is they would because you know we caught one that came on toonami like years ago if you remember yeah i do remember that i remember a little bit of it yeah. uh, the re-evangelions i think but uh i gotta i gotta yeah. catch up on those i gotta start from the beginning on those because the newest one is coming out i think this year or next year maybe it's coming out though and people have been waiting for ages for it, so I got a prep. Um, uh, I just guess I prefer the older sort of aesthetic of anime. Uh, and like those really nineties looking ones. Yeah, because they feel more organic. They don't feel as uh, I don't know uh, dry and uh, or look uh, as um, lifeless as the modern ones do, in my opinion. Not all of them, but a lot of them. I think I know what it is that you're that you mean though, because uh, in those older anime, there's actually a lot more frames if you kind of uh, compare them side by side. I saw a video that kind of did a comparison between like you know the old Dragon Ball Z episodes and then Dragon Ball Super. You get a lot more actual animation in the older episodes, uh, and it makes a much smoother experience in a way. Of course, you know. It's not the lines aren't as crisp and the colors aren't necessarily as uh, vibrant. Maybe I guess some people would argue that, but uh, it doesn't, you know, it looks a lot of has a very different look, but you're actually getting a lot more effort for your quote unquote buck, you know? Yeah. But I, I like the aesthetic too, especially uh, Cowboy Bebop. Love that show yes. so much. Yes. Uh, so far, I'd say that Evangelion and Cowboy Bebop are the best of the 90s, in my opinion. Best anime in the 90s. Fair. And uh, probably my two f- tied is my favorite of all time. Nice. Uh, they're up there for me, for sure. I don't know if Evangelion would beat Cowboy Bebop for me, but uh, it's very close. Uh yeah, uh they're they're definitely both up there. And uh a big thing for me is I don't like I mean I I don't mind necessarily, but I don't think it's necessary for a series to be stretched out so long. I mean, uh Cowboy Bebop and Evangelion really finished uh, uh finished it up with everything they wanted to do and everything they needed to do in a reasonable amount of time. And you know, I don't have to dedicate 6 months of my life to, you know, watching a show, you know? Or the entirety of your life in the case of One Piece. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, but, um, 
Yeah, that's how I feel. Another another one up there for me, since we're just naming a couple. Uh, another uh, of my favorites is Fully Cooley. That was a fun one. That was yeah. honestly just, uh, yeah, a lot of fun. There's a, but here's the thing. It's not just fun. It's also, there's also some, I mean, it's very funny at times, but there's also some real coming of age moments, you know? Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say that it doesn't have some depth with the goof, you know? Yeah. But, uh, you know, off the cuff, you know, just immediate and one word impression. I don't know if fun even encompasses that. It's kind of crazy and, uh, <laughs> I'll, there's no one word. I don't think there is a one word description for it, actually. Probably not. But, uh, like you say, uh, I digress. Um, let's, uh, how about, uh, since we're on the topic of anime and such, let's talk about, uh, what life is like in Japan. Uh, how about you tell everyone why you're in Japan and, uh, what's your experience, what your experience is there? Yeah, so for the past uh, how many months since August, August as, since August as of today, which is February twenty second for me, twenty twenty, uh, I've been living in a small town in Hokkaido, Japan, and uh, I'm doing it for a sort of teaching program. I'm I don't know how cool it is to name it, so I'm just gonna say. The Schmet program, uh, yeah, exchange kind of thing. It's not really. I'm not exchanged with anyone. I'm just kind of placed here in this little town, and I assist with English education. And uh, in terms of the job, you know, I'm forming interesting, fun bonds with uh, the townsfolk and the children. Uh, they're really great people. They're kind of crazy sometimes. They're a headache other times, but, you know, I've enjoyed them all. And uh, living in Japan, it's a very different but uh, interesting, enriching experience. I've been here once before. You know, you remember uh, I studied abroad the previous year in, was it 2018? The previous year of last year, uh, 2018 in the summer. If I'm remembering correctly, mm-hmm. in Tokyo, and that was fun. Uh, it was only for a month, though, so I basically got, you know, all the, all the things you see on Japan about Japan on TV in a wrapper, you know. Yeah, basically like uh, the King of the Hill episode where they visit Japan. Yeah, except you know, uh, <laughs> my room actually was small the entire time. Yeah. Uh... What's the uh, what's what's the one of the quotes from that? Uh, well, the squiggly marks on the on the uh, building match the squiggly marks on the address, so I guess this is the right place. Yeah, uh, I've actually <laughs> you know funny. learned some of the language. I have the benefit of having taken classes to learn some of the language, which you know, uh, of course, I got really rusty in in the time between learning it and coming here so i'm having to relearn a lot of things and it's still quite difficult to communicate to be honest but hey i can buy something at the convenience store generally effectively yeah Yeah, uh by the way um i meant to talk about this in the beginning but i guess it just slipped our minds uh we should maybe talk about our backgrounds a little bit uh just so people that don't know us might you know have a have an idea of where we're coming from. Well, maybe we can just have a hmm, like a expose or a an in depth look at us next time. I don't want to break the flow. You know, oh, okay, yeah, no big deal. Uh, we'll just do that next time. Uh, needless to say, we are Americans. Yeah, very, very American, and yeah, brought a lot of my American, American sensibilities American. with me here. And it's hasn't helped me in certain ways. Yeah, what was that thing the Swedish guy you met there asked you? Which thing? Like the first thing he asked you something. Okay, like the thing about the gun. Oh, uh, something about I don't remember the exact conversation, but uh, you know, our uh, 
our proclivity, the American proclivity for guns did come up, you know, and we, you know, had a small humorous conversation about that. Yeah. Uh, Does everyone have guns? I'm sure that's really true. Is it true that everyone has guns there? And I'm like, well, where I'm from, probably. But, you know, go to California, not necessarily. Yeah, exactly. Uh, We won't. Uh, we're not going to share our opinions, uh, good or bad, about a, pal- a California. <laughs> I don't think, but uh, I don't have any well, opinions other than what I know from people I've met from California. Yeah, uh, at least to say I've heard good and bad things about it. But um, anyway, let, but we're not going to denounce it, of course, or uh, ne- or put it on a pedestal or anything. But uh. Yeah, Japan. Uh, I'd like to go there myself uh, sometime. I plan on, well, I, we, we've talked about this before. I'm planning on visiting you there sometime. It'd be cool if you could sometime but, uh, during the summer. You know, I know I already have some things in mind uh, I could you know, take yeah. you to do and see here. Well, here, how about this? Uh, we've talked about Japan overall, but give us a little taste, a little uh, image, if you will, of uh, what Hokkaido is like. In general, you know, I mean, Hokkaido is part of, of course, of course, but Hokkaido, yes, of Hokkaido. Uh, give us, you know, it's part of Japan, but it's it's definitely has to have its own little oh, regional identity. It's pretty different, yeah. you know. Hokkaido is almost like even you know in 2020, it's kind of the frontier. It's not as established as everywhere else in Japan. It's uh, you know, it became like part of the overall nation in the last hundred or little over hundred years, something like that. It, huh. it, a uh, lot less, uh, a lot less has been kind of taken up here. And so, and a lot of things existed here prior to the ethnic Japanese kind of moving in because there was a people here, just like in America, we have, various tribes of native americans here there's a there was a tribe of people and there there still are but it's kind of hard to identify them because of how long other people have been here and the intermixing and such but uh the ainu people have lived here they were they're native to this area and also some of the northern island of honshu which is you know that big middle island that tokyo was on Hmm. Yeah, and they're what, like a big uh, what about to, like Ainu villages, and you can see wood carvings in various gift shops. Yeah, uh, that's that's really interesting to me. Uh, but um, it always has been. I guess reading about the uh, Ainu people, but uh, I find well, I just find them interesting. Um, but uh, what what's a good uh, cultural um. I don't want to use the, I guess icon could be used, uh, although I don't prefer that term, but uh, what's a good cultural icon of, uh, what would you, Hokkaidanese culture, perhaps? I would uh, however, say Hokkaido whatever you culture, maybe. But, uh, yeah, Hokkaido like, culture, what's a icon, good icon? That's... When you say an icon, do you mean like a person? No, not like a person. An icon isn't something Just that's something iconic, iconic within. Okay. Well, yeah, like, for example, go into and such. Right off the top of my head, I can definitely say in terms of food, there's a big food yeah. identity here. You know? Really? What's what's a dish you could say is like the one that sticks out the most? There's a couple that I can say uh, stick out a lot for Hokkaido cuisine, and that's got to be curry rice and Miso ramen, for sure. Those are like some of the biggest ones that you'll see for Hokkaido. Because in terms of like miso ramen, you know, everyone knows what ramen is. It's hard to avoid it. But there's all kinds. It's yeah. a very regional thing. It's uh, it's almost like, how would you say? It's, uh, it's a blank slate to put your identity on. That's how it's treated in a culinary sense. Every region has this variation oh. that kind of, exemplifies their culture and in terms of putting it in your mouth you know 
Yeah. And Hokkaido's is miso ramen, which, you know, as opposed to shoyu ramen, which is uh, more popular around the Tokyo area, they put, you know, soy sauce in the broth and such. Miso ramen, you put some miso in first, and then you put it in the broth and the noodles and such. And uh, really umami, real rich uh, umami flavor and all that. It's fantastic, and uh, I can't get enough of it. I'm always burning my tongue on ramen uh, every chance I get here. Yeah, it sounds... I, I can't wait to try some myself. I mean, I've had miso ramen from a local place uh, before, but I'd like to try the, you know, the authentic thing. You know, I mean, it's just like having tacos in America and then having, you know, some real authentic uh, tacos in Mexico, that sort of thing. Like with corn tortillas and everything. Yeah, I love corn tortillas. But uh, then there's also curry rice I mentioned, and that's just... Uh, yeah. Japan loves curry. It's not just in Hokkaido. Japan loves curry. Uh, yeah. But in Hokkaido, uh, it's real common. Like, there's this thing, there's a chain here called Hot Chef that's in a lot of convenience stores. And I don't know, four or five out of the, out of the little dishes that they'll put out are have some kind of curry and rice in there. And yeah. basically, that is, uh, everyone knows what curry is, but Japan does current curry a little bit differently it's still a spice mixture that's in a sauce kind of but uh you know they have and then they'll have uh some meat in there sometimes and maybe some potatoes and or carrots as well but it's usually a little bit sweeter they also make it a little bit sweet because japan loves sweet they love spicy as well but uh in terms of curry they just they sweeten it up a little bit and you put it you get you a plate of rice put some curry alongside it. It's always perfectly divisioned down the middle. So they don't really mix it up, but uh, it's always delicious. It's a really good warming dish. Really warms your core up. All right. Well, um, uh, we're, we've sort of run out of time, but let's uh, wrap up really quick and just tell me, what would you have to say to people that are thinking about visiting Japan or uh, just have a interest in it? That sort of thing. You know, what would you have to say? Well, okay. There's plenty of things. Uh, there's everyone, of course, considers the language barrier. A lot of people here, there's plenty of people here that do know a good bit of English or, you know, a little bit. It helps to know a little bit of Japanese or at the very least, be able to read katakana that'll help you a lot but don't feel like you're going to be stranded entirely if you don't know anything because they'll still have a lot of things especially around airports big supermarkets uh attractions they'll have signs in english and the police most of the police do know a good bit of english so don't feel discouraged by any of that by any language barrier if you want to consider coming here to experience it and don't just go to Tokyo or Kyoto. There's amazing places all over Japan. I hear from other uh, ALTs with assistant language teachers uh, all the time about the great experiences they have. And uh, no one talks about Hokkaido. I feel like Hokkaido is my favorite part of Japan now since living here. So definitely come here, especially if you like snow. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's some great stuff to talk about there. It makes me want to visit Hokkaido a lot more. I mean, it already seems sort of interesting, but you know, I'd like to see, I'd like to see it now. Uh, but anyway, uh, it's been great talking to you for uh, what a little over an hour now, I think. Yeah. Um, but I think, it's, I think it's about time we wrap up for our audience sake. Yeah. Uh, maybe next time we'll be have a little bit more time to discuss or. Maybe we'll have a little, uh, maybe it'll be a bit more concise and a bit more focused. This is kind of just uh, our first go at it, but uh, I feel pretty good about it. All right. So uh, you're Ryan Flynn. You're Michael Flynn. No, you're supposed to, it's, it's just the first time. It's no big deal. You're supposed to say the first F.
in the F2 podcast. Oh, okay, we got to make it all cool uh, radio. Okay. <laughs> the first F yeah, I'll, in I'll the F2 podcast. And, and I'm Michael. That. The second F in the F2 podcast. And this has been the F2 podcast. We'll work on that. Yeah, and we'll, we'll work on it. Yeah. All right. Uh, hope you've dealt with our shenanigans pretty well. So uh, we'll catch you next time, buckaroos. Catch you next time.